Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your true heel phenom, SP3. And we are back once again with the Pro Wrestling Spotlight presents True Hill Heat 72. We're going to be discussing a whole lot. More importantly, we're going to be ranking all 23 Money in the Bank cash-ins. But let me introduce my co-host here. There's more countdowns from this guy. Goodness, like... (laughs) Hey, you guys love the rankings. Put down in the comments section your ranking for the Money in the Bank cash-ins. But first of all, let me introduce the resident True Hill alcoholic himself, Top Guy JJ. Hell yeah, getting this drink on ready right now. And, of course, the princess of all the True Hills, the beautiful, the lovely Miss Chrissy Love. Give me the smoke, people. Let's go. (laughs) <laughs> she 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 she's feeling very very street profits right now i i guess <laughs> uh, sunglasses, you know yeah exactly that's the only thing you're missing and uh montez ford going crazy uh yes we're gonna be we're gonna be discussing we're gonna be we're going to be ranking all the Money in the Bank cash-ins. We're going to be talking about the most unique Money in the Bank ladder matches in history. And we're going to answer a very prevalent question to all wrestling fans right now. Is Velveteen Dream a pedophile? But first, but, but first, but first, let me tell you guys. Let me tell you guys to, if you enjoyed this video, push the like button, push the subscribe button, and push the bell to stay notified. More importantly, push the subscribe and the bell to stay notified where you can get all this great content. You can you can get our premieres when our, our videos are going to be premiering on the YouTube channel. And all your likes and subscriptions allow us to do more for this YouTube channel and provide more content for you guys. So we thank you guys for watching True Hill Heat. But we also got to shout out our top three conversation starters as a part of the true hill roll call our true hill trinity on our true hills group page is the new japan aficionado once again james Wims coming in at number two the host of the romeo report romeo anthony cologne and coming in at number one he's gonna be guest host on true hill heat 73 yes if you're a viewer, if you're a listener, if you're a supporter of True Hill Heat, you could potentially be on the show with us, just like our number one conversation starter, the Negro Buck, Nick Jackson. And a couple of the True Hills we got a shout out, uh, Alexander uh, Nettles, Jordan Eggers, uh, Victor Santiago, Jake Ren- Jack Reynolds, and Lee Arnold. And our YouTube subscribers, we got a shout out, David Boston, DJ Double C. And a huge shout out to Vinny Pacifico, as well as Royce Isaacs, who are going to be a part of True Hills, BTR, Between the Ropes, exclusive interviews coming to our YouTube channel very soon. So any thoughts before we get into our get into the show, guys? Just let these let your guests know they will get cussed out if they say something wrong. That's all I got to say. I mean, I thought it was all of our guests and my guests. Damn. OK, okay uh, well, how about okay. you? Just let, just let our special guests know. That they will be cussed out if they say do or say something wrong. <laughs> okay, and and top guy JJ, he said he he understands your request that he has to bring the heat on True Hill Heat seventy three. Nick Jackson is gonna be prepared. He says. Okay, great. All I ask for is to not sound like some unintelligent fan smark that just sounds like an idiot. That's all I ask for. 
I agree there. And True Hills BTR, our interview with uh, Vinny Pacifico, is going. It's on our Anchor page right now. Yes, True Hill Heat is now available on Anchor, where you can listen to all your great podcasts. And it's now available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can listen to a podcast. True Hill Heat is now available. You can listen to the archive section for all the previous 71 episodes of True Hill Heat as well. But first, we got to get into what we we miss so since the last true hill heat we had smackdown smackdown was lacey evans and baron corbin move on to the money in the bank ladder matches which we're going to discuss shortly uh a very weird very very weird triple h 25th anniversary celebration uh miss chrissy love you are the smackdown uh expert what was your thoughts on the 25th anniversary of triple h very sad and very poorly done he deserved better than that uh, but um I guess they only could do what, what they can do within only a little bit of time. But they were they should have been prepared. They 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 taped this how long ago? So Well they it was live. It was live this past uh Friday on SmackDown, but I just felt that it was it was very weird. It was very awkward. Uh Raw, Apollo Cruz and uh versus Andrade in a good match. Uh great match. Cr- not good, but great friend. It was good. It was good. It wasn't great. It's I'm not gonna remember it in like a month, but it was good. It was definitely good. It was the uh, it was the best. It was the best match on the show. It was a great, it was a good match, but it didn't even have a finish. I can't say it's a great match if it doesn't even have a finish. I'm thinking about the I, wrestling in the match. It was a great performance at WWE standards until it finished. Yes. Yes. Great. I, I great a great performance under the circumstances. I guess. I guess that's the most I can go as far as to say. But it leads to Apollo Cruz being out of the Money in the Bank. Uh, his his they push. Him. Be- they are. Rob, I'm, I, right, I'll save my rant. Sorry. His push has been delayed, uh, derailed, and I seen is coming from this one today. Stephen, Stephen, Drew McIntyre signed the contract for Money in the Bank, and we had Dark Side of the Ring with uh, Doctor D, David Schultz, and the slap heard around the world. If you guys want to hear more about our thoughts on that, you can check that out on the YouTube channel right now. So let's get into our top news. Our top news, like we said at the top of the show, a very intriguing question for all professional wrestling fans right now. Is Velveteen Dream a pedophile? Chris Hansen is on the case, and we found out from Square Circle Reddit. <laughs> we found out from Square Circle Reddit. Uh, reveal, uh, they revealed the video. <laughs> you youngins that don't know what that means. <laughs> Chris Hansen is like classic oh. TV, man. That, yo. That is like, you know, it's 11 o'clock. You need something to watch real quick. It's it's on. Yo, that is like classic TV right there. That is finest, man. So for all of our youngest that don't know what I'm referring to, yes, I'm talking about Dateline with Chris Hansen, where uh, he he sat down people like Velveteen Dream, and he told them, have a seat, sir. (laughs) So... So Scratch Yuckle Reddit revealed a video over the weekend which revealed Velveteen Dream sending inappropriate messages to an underage female. Uh, this included images of himself, his lower part below the waist. Uh, the Velveteen Dream vehemently denied these allegations via Twitter. I believe this was on Friday. Uh, be assured, and this was a quote from Velveteen Dream on Twitter. Be assured I did not communicate inappropriately with anyone. A private photo of mine was shared without any consent or knowledge. And I am working with a third party to look into this matter. 
It was also later revealed by FIFO.com that Velveteen Dream was issued an arrest warrant last year due to stalking and allegedly smashing a win a car window of an unknown uh, person that he was in communication with. This warrant was then taken away. Therefore, that's why it wasn't a big news story last year. So what are your guys' thoughts on this controversy concerning the Velveteen Dream? We'll start with Miss Chrissy Love. <sighs> Um, you know, these things are so sad because people will just assume that it's the, that it happened and it probably didn't even happen. And they'll just put like a target on this person's back and then they probably can't even do the job that they were doing anymore. You know, so they're like blackballed pretty much, you know? So I feel like you should be like, is guilty and you're innocent until proven guilty. Um, I I hope that this is not true because, like, damn, like this is like dude is like in his career, like he's things are things are happening for him. He just came back and like now all of a sudden, this is now out to the press. You know, you know, like this couldn't happen at like a like a time where he just came back. Why did this happen when he was on when he was rehabbing? You know what I'm saying, like. What happened when he was at home? Like now, all of a sudden, I want to leak these things out. Like, what's going on? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't necessarily say the timing of it all because these kind of things always will eventually come out. But so, what you just said kind of leads me to think that this is true because he had all that free time to communicate with people. Because he was rehabbing and out with injury. I'm just saying, you kind of made the argument in reverse of what you were trying to say there. <laughs> man, I, I, man, listen, I'm sorry. I, I don't know, man. I hope it's not true, man. I, it sucks. It's whack. I mean, like, one thing we don't like is when you touch, when you touch, you know, sending things, little girls. We don't like that. We don't. We don't. Mm. You could be a shithead, but if you you doing things to little girls. You're uh, an asshole, a shithead, and even more of you're a pervert. So like, now we we can't we can't stand by like we can't stand behind you on, on foolishness like this, yo. Understandable, top guy JJ. <laughs> so one thing we haven't learned from Robert, huh? We we haven't we haven't learned this stuff, huh? We we just don't know how to just. Not take pictures of ourselves. We don't know how to be normal. I hope, 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 hope that this isn't true. Yeah. That's the only thing I'm going to hope for. If there is any truth to this, his career is over. Completely over. And he will be ashamed of his life for as long as he lives. Because... We don't have many brothers breaking through the scene. And then we finally get one. He is in the line to get an NXT championship match in one week's time. Yep. We are on the course of potentially getting a, a, another brother crown champion finally. And then here you go. Yep. You don't know how to keep your dick in your pants. And why are you then aiming a foe to it? Like, like, how old are we? How old are we that we cannot avoid this stupidity? I was about to say the same thing. Like, how old are you? What is the point? What is the point of what is the point of dick pics? Like, I, I don't. I, I. What the fuck is the point of it? Like, 
it, it makes no sense whatsoever because once you send that digitally, it gets screenshotted, it gets pasted, it gets shared, and now stories can get created on the black man that most people in the public eye is going to believe. Why do this to yourself? Mm-hmm. Why do this to yourself? In a digital world, <sighs> fucking digital world, his career is going to be over very soon. Do you see uh, WWE punishing Velveteen Dream for this? If Eddie Truth is to this, he's going to get released. Yeah, he's going to be fired, regardless. I, 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 I beg to differ there. I beg to differ. If WWE sees value in Velveteen Dream, we have learned that they are more than willing to pay the dollars to keep people quiet. Right. If there are no legal issues that takes place after this, then he's going to resume. But if there are any legal issues that proceeds from this, it's over. We, we shall find out very soon, like you just said, Velveteen Dream gets a shot at the NXT Championship this coming Wednesday on NXT against Adam Cole. Um, I mean, he's got a match with Adam Cole this coming Wednesday, so do you see WWE taking these allegations seriously, Miss Chrissy? I mean... I- with their track record, maybe not. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're leaving it to other the third parties' hands and seeing what happens, and let let him do what they got to do because they still have a storyline and still things to promote and things to do. So maybe it still will be on as scheduled for Wednesday. We will see. I mean, I don't know. I I would hope that it's not true and and things can go back to where they were. So we just have to wait and see. The WWE um, are the kings of innocent until proven guilty. The until that's my checkbook. <laughs> so until then, they're gonna resume as normal with the Velveteen Dream. Seems about right. I can agree with both of y'all on that one. So moving on, we got to talk about WWE announcing the most unique Money in the Bank ladder matches in history in uh, a week from this Sunday. WWE announces that this year's Money in the Bank ladder matches will, will start on the ground level of WWE headquarters in Connecticut, in Stanford, Connecticut, and superstars will have to fight up to the roof where they have, have a ring and they will have ladders and the Money in the bank briefcase will hang above WWE headquarters for the superstars to go out uh, to go up the ladder and uh, climb the corporate ladder to win the money in the bank briefcase. So, what are your thoughts on this very unique concept uh, with money in the bank? Uh, what did you think about the whole pictures and the images that we've seen of the whole set at WWE headquarters? What's your thoughts on this whole very unique money in the bank climbing the corporate ladder, money in the bank ladder match? <laughs> Or, or as uh, some people online are calling it, money on the roof. I mean, it is money on the roof. I mean, you're going to Pebble Beach, so let's have fun. Um, I am. <laughs> I, I, I'm excited to see how this will play out. I guess they had to get. I has the creative. The creativeness had to get flowing. For the simple fact is like, 
right now we're still having this whole like pandemic and we still can't like put on like they already knew what they had to do for WrestleMania. They had no choice but to do that. So now that this is still going on, how can we be creative and let the people be excited to watch something? Um, I think it sh- I, I'm hoping I'm I, I'm anticipating that it would be good. I'm I, I'm in, I will watch to see how it gets pulled off. Put it like this: I don't know how it's going to get pulled off, but I'm intrigued to see what they will do and see how they will pull off people going. Are we going to take the elevator? Like, are we going to take the stairs? Like. How do we get to the rules? What's the rules here? Yeah, what are yeah. The, you know what I'm saying? Like, what are the rules? Like, am I climbing 20 steps? Like, are we gonna fight in the hallway? Am I gonna? Is my elevator gonna stop at like 22? And I know we gotta go to 30. And then like you you just hit me, and then a referee just gonna like pin, you know, gonna count well, once. They, from what WWE have said, it kind of sounds like it's gonna be a mission based type of journey up the the corporate ladder. Like, uh, it said the like. It sounds it sounds like that like every floor is gonna have something new and unique involved in it. So what's your thoughts on this whole unique concept, uh top guy JJ? <laughs> this has shit written all over it. <laughs> Yo, this is gonna be this what the fuck is the worst match that we've seen on TV? Um was that 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 how that match between Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt? That 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 shit that we saw, like a scripted, like this is gonna be a little House of like, Horrors. Oh, this is gonna be scripted. This is gonna be scripted shit written all over it. Like, how are you gonna so you're gonna script out a mission? Like you're gonna be on different floors achieving like why are we on these floors? Why do I have to fight you on these floors? Like, what are we doing on like this is gonna be a bad movie or like this is a horrible movie. About to play out on pay per view that people's gonna end up paying for. You think so? It's to be weird. fair, to be fair, you you had low expectations for the boneyard match. No, I had no expectations for the boneyard match. <laughs> but you 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 similar to this shitted on it when we now, brought I it up. It, I, called it a, I called it. Yeah, I called it a, a buried alive match, which it ended up happening to be. Yes, you was right. Yes. So it was a buried alive match. So I was like, yeah, it's basically a buried alive match with the Undertaker. And buried alive matches that featured the Undertaker were never that funny. <laughs> now, I don't believe that these characters are gonna make this match that funny. Yeah, I mean I mean the choice of the people in the men's money in the bank ladder match, um, I'm very interested to to see what they're gonna do there. I mean they do have Danny O'Brien and Rey Mysterio in it, so those are two very good anchors to have a really good matchup. Um King Corbin, he's unique enough to to kind of stand out in this type of in this type of uh cinematic type of wrestling match like it seemed like we're gonna get here so do you see that it can uh potentially be compared to the boneyard match and the firefly funhouse and if do you think the fans are gonna react to it as well as they reacted to those matches miss chrissy um they they might i feel like they may um it depends i'm trying to be optimistic i'm trying to have an open mindset on like how they're gonna pull this off and I'm sure it's gonna be like <laughs> stop it, JJ. <laughs> I, I'm sure it's gonna be something that's pre like pre-taped and pre like get the right people to get it together. I'm very intrigued to see how it's gonna look. So, and, and should I even ask you, Top Guy JJ? 
I mean, I'm definitely gonna watch it. I'm definitely gonna watch it. So that's the thing is that just because I don't watch, just because I'm gonna watch it, doesn't mean I'm not gonna have an opinion on it. This shit is. I, I, I don't have. I don't have much hopes for this match. Like at least with the Boneyard match, I was like, this is a buried alive match, and then the fire would just intrigue the shit by this Firefly shit. But a match where you gotta go up floors. I mean, shit. We just saw. Edge and Randy Orton go through like two, two, like three, four sections, and we thought that shit was a marathon. Now they go through a whole building. Hey, WWE is all about the cinematic life now that they have to deal <laughs> with this pandemic. So we we have to sit through it. And I, I'm 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 optimistic after the the success of the Boneyard and the Firefly Funhouse match. I'm very optimistic Me to too. see what they're going to do here. You know, like I said, I reacted to the Boneyard match one way, watching it live, and then had to rewatch it and get why everybody liked it so much. Firefly Funhouse, on the other hand, I think is one of the greatest things WWE has done in the past decade. So, you know, for that for that type of that type of like history that they have so far doing these type of matches, it allows me to be optimistic about this. That is amazing. So- I mean, we took the highlight and we took the element of two unique characters and we mystified them into these two elements of matches. Firefly, Funhouse, Boneyard. This is a Money in the Bank match that's going through offices. <laughs> Do a better job of selling me on this shit. Hey, I'm not I'm not the one that has to sell you on it. So you can ask WWE that. <laughs> moving, moving on to week 29 of the Wednesday Night Wars. This is your favorite time of the True Hill Heat episode where we give you the ratings of AEW Dynamite as well as WWE NXT. And for the 23rd of 29 weeks... AEW Dynamite wins the Wednesday Night Wars with a rating of 693,000 viewers to NXT 637,000 viewers. Uh, AEW finished 16th in the 18-49 key demo, while NXT falls out of the top 50, landing at 51 in the 18-49 key demo. Last night on NXT, we had Drake Maverick as well as Isaiah Scott. Both get wins in the Best of the Super Cruisers tournament. Yes, we're officially calling it that right here on Trio Heat. The Super uh, Cruisers, really? The Super Cruisers, yes, the Super Cruisers. Uh, huge, huge takeover style NXT planned for next week. A Not lineup... Starship Troopers, huh? Huh? Not Starship Troopers, huh? No, no. Say, say. We have to explain this to Christy because you're not a New Japan fan. New Japan has a tournament every year called Best of the Super Juniors with everyone that are below 205. So since the since since WWE is legit stealing the format, doing a round robin tournament, we have to call it Best of the Super Cruisers. <laughs> Yo, literally, WWE just literally took New Japan's whole concept. Yep. It didn't change a fucking thing about it. Even, even the whole Drake Maverick, the Drake Maverick story, <laughs> it kind of really lines up with most underdog stories in the G1. Like, the underdog story in the G1, the guy w- loses his first or first couple of matches, and then he comes back and he makes it to the finals. That's basically what we're seeing with Drake Maverick here. Uh, huge takeover style Suck NXT next shit. week. You guys, Dream, 
Dream versus Cole for the NXT title. You got Charlotte versus Io Shirai for the NXT Women's title. Johnny Gargano versus Dominic Dijakovic one-on-one, first time ever on NXT. And the debut of Karrion Cross as well as Scarlett Bordeaux. But NXT, the highlight of NXT, the highlight of NXT, yes, Chrissy Love, it was once again Matthew Riddle with the newly no the newly bro show the newly bro show was the best part of nxt last night and that's what i've been wanting from these nxts and empty arenas i understand nxt you have the best workers in the world i understand that but a wrestling tv show has to be more than just good matches it has to be more than just good matches, NXT. I kept saying this to you, so thank you for giving that riddle that platform, especially last night. AEW Dynamite had Cody and Lance Archer both move on in the TNT title tournament. They're going to verse in the finals of that tournament. In Wait, two- Cody, Cody won? I could have sworn he lost that match. No, Cody won. It was two very good matches, especially Cody versus Darby Allen. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. He did uh, that- Darby hit the coffin drop, and then Cody turned him over for the pinfall. I love the whole storyline between Cody and Darby. The, the first match ending in a draw. The second match, uh, right, Cody okay. only won because Arn told him to put his knees up. And then this match, Cody barely squeaked by Darby. It's going to be such a huge pop if they're in front of a crowd. And then Darby finally gets that big win over Cody. I love their story. And Archer versus Dustin blew my expectations away. It was such a good matchup. Uh, Best Friends versus Havoc and Sabian was a very fun, brutal to watch, brutal in a way that you're just like, ouch for the guys type of screen, um, no DQ match. And then they also have a huge lineup for next week as it's going to be MJF returns, John Moxley returns as he goes one-on-one with Kazarian from SCU and a huge, a dream match that we didn't know we wanted until last night, as it's going to be La Sex Gods, La Champion, Chris Jericho, and Sammy Guevara versus Broken Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega in a street fight next week. Huge, huge AEW Dynamite and WWE NXT. But for last night, who do you guys think had the better show? JJ. Damn. I wish I saw all of Dynamite to get this dress. My goodness. <laughs> Dynamite just sounded better. Dynamite was probably the best episode they've had in an empty arena since Broken Matt and Brody Lee debuted. Wow. Yeah. I mean, just seeing clips of, because I, I, unfortunately with things that's going on with me, I didn't get to see all of either. Sh- I got to catch up on some of it, but. To see what I saw from the Lance Archer and Dustin match was like, whoa, I need to really make this quick and see this because that, <laughs> shit, that match looked exceptional. It looked exceptional. And then, I don't know, at least, I, you know, of course, I guessed it, you know, you know, Cody, Lance Archer in the finals, you know, chalk one off <laughs> of the top guy, you know what I'm saying? Just, yeah. just saying. <laughs> I mean, have, have, listen, sometimes predictable is just good. That's a great yeah. finals. And NXT did put on some priest teller. I, I did like the, the Damian Priest and Keith Lee match was pretty fun. I thought the Mia Yim and Charlotte could have been a little bit better. They just needed to get kind of more into a rivalry style match instead of looking like a teacher versus student. Unless they make this a story, I didn't see the purpose of all of that. But mm-hmm. it was actually, it was pretty decent. If they would I like make the match. It a story, if it would I make it, it a story, good. I would get it. But if it's a one-off match, it made no sense. 
I liked I liked the match. I liked it. Uh, I felt like the the two girl the two uh, ladies worked very well together. Uh, yeah. They had a more a more grounded type of match, but it was still a very good match. Two really good performances. My favorite match from last night on NXT was definitely the opener with uh, Helio De- uh, Del Fantasma versus Isaiah Squirt. As Isaiah Squirt Scott, those two are just amazing in the wing. Fantasma has been great the the his uh, first two weeks on NXT. And then, and then, what just or automatically would I know once I see all of AEW in its entirety? Once I see that episode, and then I compare it to the Drake Maverick shit, <laughs> I'm definitely giving AEW the edge because I'm over it. I'm over it already. I'm over it already, and he's in match number two. I'm already over it. Like it, 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 it's they shouldn't have done this. They should not have done this and made this a story. I'm over it. I'm over it already. And now he's over here. I can do it. There's only one more. I can't finish. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> how, about, how about you, Chrissy? What was your thoughts on the Wednesday Night Wars? What did you think was the better show last night? Um, just going based off what you said, because I, were, I watched the first um, hour of both shows, and pretty much it was basically both um i think it was aw that took the the hold on hold on hello move oh, you um you're gonna mess up my whole little situation i got going on get out <laughs> live tv folks live recording live recording producers keep this keep it in <laughs> Keep it in. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. They want the smoke. They want the smoke. That's the real street profits there. <laughs> <laughs> um definitely I think I wish I would have watched to the end. I only watched the first hour of both shows, and I definitely was getting a better show from AEW, however, I did enjoy the Matt Riddle segment with uh, Saxon. Oh, my God. That was was, awesome. It was hilarious. I I can't even, I'm not even going to lie to you. It was like, and then, like, homeboy sitting there, he's just like, what? And then, like, you got Byron, and you got, like, Matt, and he's like, they're all just, like, on, like, high energy, and he's just, like, chill and, like, relaxed and just, like, so um, definitely AEW has the winner of the week in the bag. Um, don't get me wrong, um, NXT didn't have good things. Uh, I don't know if I'm feeling that um, Johnny Gargano's wife as a heel though. It's a little hard. It's a little hard to get used to. I did like her new entrance theme. I love Johnny Gargano's intro of her. Uh, of originally from originally from Riverside, California, but now residing in my heart. That was a great call. That was a great <laughs> intro. He's great like, intro. he's like, Mon- he's he's acting like Bianca Belair and and <laughs> and her her husband, and he's the like white bird. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I said I was like, why is he pulling? Like he's like, you know, like this in the ring, and I'm like, he's he's stealing that. But I guess it's a gimmick that we just gotta have to keep playing out. I'm not a fan of her her look right now. I feel like they gotta play it off a little bit better. I think I think the hair is too rough on her, and she's not like a rough looking person. I feel I think the all all the makeup the look is not good yet. 
They gotta get it there to be proper. Maybe black would have been better instead of like all these like metallic looking colors or whatever. I don't know. Other so, than that, huh? No, no, no. I was gonna say, um, finish what you were saying. Yeah. Other than that, um, I, I definitely think AEW had the better show. Uh, NXT had certain things that was hidden, and then I seen my bill, which I love that he like crawled in the ring real quick and cute, real fast. Then, we already you know. we already know who she's talking about, right? <laughs> yes, yes, Dexter Lomas, Dexter Lomas, attention, Dexter Lomas, Miss Chrissy Love has the I'm biggest crush. I'm on waiting Dexter for you Lomas. to have a, a wardrobe malfunction really fast, really fun. Can't oh wait. God, Jesus Christ, Could, we can't. need we we need one of you to message our producer to cut this part and just make it a clip for our for our social media so we can tag Dexter Lomas. And and tell him, show him his biggest fan. Um, outside of Johnny Gargano saying that line during the intro, we haven't done this in a while, so I'm gonna once again repeat the Matt Riddle promo that had me die laughing last night. So the first part of the Newly Bros show, uh, the first question is to uh, Timothy Thatcher. So the whole concept, if you didn't watch, is that uh, Matt Riddle was writing his answers on a board while okay, Timothy yeah. Thatcher was was saying his answers out loud. And if they match, they get a point. So Brian Brian Saxon is this you know goofball seventies uh, game show host, and the he asks him. First question. First question is is what oh what did Matt Riddle have for breakfast this morning? So <laughs> Timothy Thatcher Timothy Thatcher answers. I have no idea what Matt had for uh, for breakfast uh, this morning. And Matt wrote down no idea, bro. So they got the point. And then Matt Riddle said, and I quote, "Bro, I have no idea what I had for breakfast this morning. My wife bakes." I wake up. No, he says I. Let me, no, let me he's like, I wake up and he's, I have he's, like, he's he's no. He says he says I I wake up. My wife bakes. She's a good cooker. What were we talking about again? <laughs> I died. I died. I died. He, he had to bring in a wake and bake line. Oh my god, I loved it. And then my other favorite part. Was when they asked uh, Timothy Thatcher, being a wrestler, where's the weirdest place you've ever done it? So Timothy Thatcher says, well, of course, a wrestling ring. But one time I had a, a triple threat at a laundromat. And Matt wrote down a threesome on a washer. I died. I died. And I died. And I died. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Riddle is just too good. He's just too Fucking good. He's hilarious. Embrace the bro yet? <laughs> I have embraced the bro, friend. About time. You are finally gonna start to gain life out of NXT. <laughs> and, like other than the newly bro show, I'd say the best uh non-wrestling segment. Well, AEW had a lot of them last night. I mean the it Scorpio did. Sky, the Scorpio Sky vignette was really good. Yeah. Um John Moxley's promo. People, I, I want more people to be praising John Moxley for this promo. This was the best promo, I've, one of the best promos I've heard since this whole empty arena uh, situation has started. He addressed the whole thing. He brought up the, the the biggest question, man. It was only two months ago that I was in an arena bleeding around wrestling fans, and that blew my mind. That that was his first line of his promo, and it was like, damn, it's only been two months. <laughs> And then the line of the one of the lines of the night for AEW, he tells them to support your local businesses, 
call, make sure your neighbors are good. And are you listening? Above everything else, don't forget to call your grandmother. I died. I died. <laughs> well, John Moxley, I just want to let you know I made sure I called my grandmother and I picked up her groceries today. We are listening, John. We are listening, John. You are you are a gentleman and a scholar, John Moxley. But the best non-wrestling segment on on of the night was the Manitoba melee on the third episode of the Bubbly Bunch. <laughs> Manitoba melee. If you are gonna make that a social oh, media thing, Vicky. I don't know what I <laughs> pop more for. I either pop more for Vicky, Jay, and Silent Bob, or Luke, Luke, Lou Ferrigno. The whole Luke Ferrigno. fucking Ferrigno. I marked out. I was like, it's the Hulk with a cattle prod. This owns. <laughs> Lou fucking Ferrigno. <laughs> no, I, 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 it's Bob and, um, Silent Bob and, and Homeboy, I was cool, but when I saw Vicky, I was like, oh, no, I was like, that means she don't have, she don't get, what nobody say, and she done made the turn and made the curve over. Well, she, she's been, she's done commentary on AEW Dark before, so she's very open, and she has a good relationship with Jericho, because uh, I think he was a part of the reason why she took part in the Chris Benoit documentary as well. Yeah. Executive producer. So, uh, Top Guy JJ, before we close out on our talk about the Wednesday Night War, who do you think, did, uh, out of the lineups that I gave you for next week, what do you say, what do you think is going to be the better show that you have your eyes more on next week as far as the lineup? Um, I mean, you know, the thing is that NXT always seems to put out a decent lineup. Like, their lineups are always good. But it's kind of what happens in between the shows where AEW just steals it all. Yeah. And and I think that's what's going to happen. That, like, the, the, that, the match with Damascus and, and, and Kenny Omega versus the Sex Gods is going to be a fucking a thing, of, a thing of beauty, yes. But, you know, getting a, a championship title match on NXT with Adam Cole, baby, versus Velveteen Dream is supposed to be takeover worthy. It's supposed to be takeover worthy. <laughs> but, but, the way Velveteen got into this title match is not interesting. I, I'm sorry, but this is like the least anticipated NXT title match of it's Adam Cole's whole reign. Adam Adam Cole has had banger after banger after banger as NXT champion, and I'm just so disappointed in the build-up to this matchup. And that's exactly why, That's why it's will be streamed on my small little 7-inch device here. <laughs> and AEW will be going on the big screen. Damn. <laughs> That's the way I do it every Wednesday. <laughs> way I do it every Wednesday. So we got to move on. That's for week 30. So stay tuned. True Hill Heat 73. When we have the Negro Buck Nick Jackson, we're going to talk all about week 30 of the Wednesday Night Wars and those two huge lineups. Um, make sure you both watch it. Not just one hour, Chrissy. Uh, <laughs> uh, wow. WWE. <laughs> WWE news, uh, WWE releases uh, updated taping schedule and a plan to run their first live show in July. Hmm. 
Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com reports that there are names WWE released or furloughed that have not been publicly announced as of this time. And speaking of which, announced today, WWE has released Curtis Axel, originally of the B team, the son of Mr. Perfect, probably one of the biggest disappointments of the past decade as regards to what WWE did with him. Uh, also, UFC Hall of Famer Cain Velasquez has reportedly been released from his contract that he just signed in October of last year. And also just announced by WWE is that longtime WWE employee, a former member of the Stooges, WWE Hall of Famer Gerald Briscoe has been furloughed and is uh, is at home. He just announced this on his Twitter page. Uh, WWE is open to releasing any talent that requests their releases going further. This was also announced by Wrestling Observer Radio as well as uh, Fightful.com. UFC Bantamweight uh, champion Amanda Nunez is open and interested in coming to the WWE. And former WWE superstar Diana Parata reveals that w- her WWE contract, which she signed in the summer of 2018, reportedly uh, prevented her from appearing at all. In she wanted to be a part of All In in September of 2018, but WWE put the block to that. Similar to what they were trying to do with Rey Mysterio, who decided to sign after the All In event. Uh, AEW news: AEW uh, planning to run their first live shows next week with the episode of Dynamite on May 6. Uh, AEW will be running their own on-site medical testing for all the talent and staff prior to next week's taping. And AEW has plans to use Matt Hardy's Broken Universe in the next few weeks as we are still in quarantine. Uh, apparently, reports say that there is plans to do a Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara match at the Cardi- Hardy compound. Uh, ROH News, Marty Scrawl recently did an interview, and he says that he is very confident that ROH and AEW will be collaborating in the new future. And Impact News, we had a big show, Impact Rebellion Night 2. It was Rosemary defeating Havoc. Shout out to Havoc, who did an interview with us at Battle Club Pro in a full metal mayhem match. Pretty good matchup right there. Uh, Chris Bay wins a fiddle four-way X Division matchup, getting momentum as one of their newest superstars. And Moose reintroduces and wins the TNA World Heavyweight Championship, defeating Michael Elgin and Hernandez. Moose has been in a storyline where he's been beating a whole bunch of TNA legends. And this week, due to Tessa Blanchard not being available to defend the Impact World Heavyweight Championship, Moose decided to step in and let Michael Elgin get a shot at the TNA Championship. And he is now officially the TNA Heavyweight Champion. So, very interesting there on the Impact Rebellion Night 2. Uh, that had me confused for a little bit when I was seeing those. When I was seeing those clips, I was like, "What? No, what was he putting up? Like little? For, what is he faking us out? Like with the with the T and A title? I'm like, what, what about Tessa Blanchard? Like, what the fuck happened to her? And then there you go. Thanks for the explanation because I was like, "What the fuck is going on right now?" This is what we're here for, people. Or you can also, this weekend, you can watch Blunt Impact with Chris G and his lovely co-host, Mary Jane, as they break down all the action from Impact Rebellion Night 2. Uh, 
NWA news. NWA has a very nice new uh, retrospective and compilation uh, covering their rebirth that started in 2017 and featuring the 10 Pounds of Gold series, which starred uh, Nick Aldis and Tim and Tim Storm. You could check that out. Uh, Stat King will have a full review of that on Dark Power this weekend. And other wrestling news: Matt Cardona, the artist formerly known as Zack Ryder, uh, has teased a new look. Apparently, he's got a haircut. He sent out a, a cryptic tweet with a clipper and a whole bunch of hair on the floor as well as he has uh, copywritten and and teased the reintroducing of the internet championship the title that he introduced all the way back in 2011 during his Z True True Long Island story uh, series on YouTube so very interesting Matt Cardona seems to be the WWE superstar that got released that is causing the most buzz he just recently got a number one shirt for PW so very happy for his success since the uh, release two weeks ago now. Seems crazy that it was just two weeks ago, right, guys? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) And then finally, we got our favorite time. This is our ranking time. This is where we're going to break down. We started our whole rank'em. THH Rankum series on True Hill Heat 69, where we ranked all 36 WrestleManias in history. So this time we are going to be ranking all 23 Money in the Bank cash-ins. So when I say Money in the Bank cash-in, don't give me a wrestler's name, but what's like the feelings that you feel when you hear Money in the Bank cash-in, Miss Chrissy Love? Um, I feel, um, excitement, like, oh my God, what's about to happen? Are they really going to do it? Do they really need to do it? Um, I don't like that Money in the Bank is the the next pay-per-view right after WrestleMania. It doesn't give us any time because it's like, okay, what if they want to hold it for like a whole year? And it's like, lately it hasn't been that way. You understand? Like, they don't like hold it and like be like, it doesn't give us that off that it did a few years back where it was like, Give us the build-up. Give us the momentum. Are they going to cash in? Are they not going to cash in? Like, what's going to happen? Um, but I feel like the excitement or the the storyline of telling, like, are they really going to take this belt from that person is what I love from it or what I get from it. How about you, JJ? Damn, it's going to be one of them rare times that I actually disagree with my girl here because I think money in the bank is all about timing it is i I love the fact that it's placed right at the start of the new year right after wrestlemania because right after wrestlemania is the start of the new year for wrestling and it doesn't interfere with the other big three shows it doesn't interfere with anything it doesn't interfere with SummerSlam. it doesn't interfere with survivor series nor the royal rumble and you just never freaking know when. Like, I love the never know when aspect of Money in the Bank. It creates that element that you just are on every episode of Raw and SmackDown thinking you got it right and you get it wrong week after week, pay-per-view after pay-per-view, and then you finally hit it on the head like, oh, shit, this is supposed to happen now, and you, and you <laughs> feel right. You feel like you did it. You feel like you predicted it. Like, nigga, you just predicted the last 30 episodes that he might have done it. So I, I love the anticipation of it. Like the money, money in the bank really gives something different than the the major big four shows, which is a really really cool thing. 
I kind of have to agree with Miss Chrissy Love. I preferred when Money in the Bank was a little bit into the summer, like a June pay-per-view, because it gave you more time to anticipate it and build up to it. I feel like WrestleMania, after WrestleMania, Extreme Rules, Backlash, those have been a lot better pay-per-views to have after WrestleMania, where Money in the Bank is sort of the pay-per-view that you kind of have to build up to. You have to get anticipation for it. So I agree yeah. with Chrissy on that part. Um, so. Oh, wrong answer. So we got to break down. We're starting all the way from the bottom. We're starting from worst to best like we did our WrestleMania ranking. So starting off at the bottom, the worst money in the bank cash-in in history is the first one that was not successful. It is none other than Damian Sadow. Damian Sadow won the Money in the Bank briefcase back at Money in the Bank 2013. He betrayed his tag team partner, Cody Rhodes of the Rhodes Scholars, and won the Money in the Bank briefcase. From there, he had a series of losses. Well, we're going to talk about that as one of the themes of Money in the Bank winners. They get a series of losses after winning the briefcase. And then from there, the night after uh, John Cena returned and won the World Heavyweight Championship, Damian Sadow attacked him, attacked his uh, injured shoulder, which caused John Cena to be out of action, attacked him, brutalized him. And then after the match, after a 20-minute pretty good, I would say good match uh, with John Cena, Damian Sadow failed in his cash-in for the World Heavyweight Championship. And from there, it totally drove his whole career in the WWE down the drain. So I think that is why he is at the bottom of our list. Any thoughts on this cash-in, Top Guy JJ? First, the color, the, 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 the redesign of the briefcase I thought was actually decent when he, he changed the look of the case. This was the moment where his career was supposed to go somewhere. This was supposed to happen. Like He's been clamored for a push for God knows how long. He was the, intre- the intellectual savior of the masses. And he, he was a thing for some, but not a thing for all. Yep. <laughs> but when he would have gotten pushed, you would have found out what he was about. He was good on the mic. He was decent in the ring. He was decent in the ring. He wasn't the best in the ring. He was decent. And put it together and see what you get. Money in the Bank is supposed to do that for you. And the fact that he failed at it against, at the time, Super Cena... His career was over. His career was over because it's like, you're never going to get that chance again. You're never going to win this Money in the Bank contract again. You're never going to win a number one contender's fatal five-way match or turmoil match or Royal Rumble or Battle Royal. This was it. And they didn't let him shine because Super Cena was life. Hey, this was the Super Cena era, and we will tell you beforehand, before we get into the rest of the ranking, yes, all four unsuccessful cash-ins are at the bottom of our list. So, coming in at 22 is another failed cash-in from Baron Corbin back in 2017. Baron Corbin won one of the better Money in the Bank uh, ladder matches. This is the same ladder match that involved Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles, and Dolph Ziggler. And out of all those great talents, Baron Corbin won the Money in the Bank briefcase. From there, he would go on to cash it in on Jinder Mahal during a match with him and his opponent for SummerSlam, John Cena. Uh, Baron Corbin took his time to cash it in and then got distracted by uh, John Cena and 
Jinder Mahal rolled him up to have another failed cash-in. This one um, is at the bottom of our, of our list, maybe because it was just very disappointing. We didn't get much of a match. Uh, this is also concerning the whole Jinder Mahal world title reign, which we don't have enough time to get into. Watch our first 12 episodes of True Hill Heat, where we, we, <laughs> where we go in about it a lot. But Miss Chrissy Love... What was your thoughts on uh, this one, this uh, failed cash-in by Baron Corbin? Just like his career is all down the tubes, duh. <laughs> um, unfortunately, um, and, and I was very upset that he won that money in the bank. He didn't deserve it. I thought Kevin Owens or AJ probably would have won. But, hey, whatever. I don't, I mean, I'm not the booking people, so I don't know. Other than that, it just, um, yeah, it's down the tube like the rest of his career. Seems about right there. And speaking of John Cena and his involvement in that cash-in, as well as the, the our, our worst money in the bank cash-in, it's the devil himself coming in at 21, John Cena. John Cena won their first ever money in the bank that featured all former world champions back in 2012. He won the money in the bank and then chose to do the honorable thing and announce his cash-in beforehand for the Raw 1000 episode a week in advance to CM Punk. They had a pretty good matchup, which the Big Show interfered to give John Cena the DQ victory, but he unsuccessfully cashed in money in the bank. So I had this highest of all the unsuccessful cash-ins. JJ, you had a little bit lower, uh, and you had the the uh, the next person that we're gonna name as a higher unsuccessful cash-in. What's your reasoning for that? <laughs> it was shit. Like, yo, all right, the only one that was done in advance that was the, it made the absolute most sense. We'll talk about that one way later, but. What what did this do for John Cena? Where was the 1,000 episode of Raw? Was it smack in the middle of, of Boston, Massachusetts? Was it right in his home backyard? Was he going to be surrounded by a bunch of supporting people? Was he going to be able to create a match that was to his element, into his environment, into his liking? No! He just said, I'm going to give you a week in advance just because. Because I, I can. Because I can. Because I'm John Cena. Because you can't see me. You can't see me. Why? Why did it happen? Why, like did, why did he not just fucking cash the shit in on Raw 1000? He had to tell you on Raw 999 that I'm going to cash it in on Raw 1000. That's, that's, that's WWE being its own worst enemy and, and failing at doing things. That I'm just... Ratings. Ratings, the reason why. <laughs> Uh, coming in at number 20 is the last of our unsuccessful Money in the Bank cash-ins, Braun Strowman, back in 2018. He won a very good Money in the Bank ladder match, uh, infamous for Kevin Owens being thrown off a very high ladder uh, back in 2018. He dominated that Money in the Bank ladder match, and then he teased cashing in at SummerSlam, as well as the night after SummerSlam, where he was attacked by the reuniting of the the shield from there he turned heel and he uh, uh aligned himself with drew mcintyre and dolph ziggler and decided to do an honorable thing not a non-heel thing to do and announce his money in the bank cash in ahead of time at 
Hell in a Cell 2018, which it ended with Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman going to a no contest in a Hell in a Cell match due to Brock Lesnar ripping off the door and interfering. I had this lower than the Cena one because at least the Cena one was a no was a DQ in a regular match and not a no contest in a Hell in a Cell match. But the less said about this cash in, the better. Moving on to number 19. Yeah, uh, the please, let's go. <laughs> the last. The last of our successful uh, cash-ins of the Money in the Bank is Sheamus. He won back in 2015 and decided to cash in after Roman Reigns won the WWE T Championship Tournament back at Survivor Series 2015. This was led to not a lot of fanfare, and people were only happy because it wasn't Roman. So the less said about this, as well, the better. Coming in at number 18, we have Alberto El Patron, or Alberto De he won the Money in the Bank back in 2011 after winning the Royal Rumble in the same year and vying for the World Heavyweight title in Edge's last match at WrestleMania 7. He won the Money in the Bank briefcase by taking off Rey Mysterio's mask and then climbing the ladder. And then he cashed in a month later. Oh, no. Yeah, he cashed in a month later at at SummerSlam after failing to cash in the same night at Money in the Bank because Vince McMahon wanted him to cash in because a certain superstar was leaving the company, or so we thought. He returned eight days later as CM Punk versus John Cena at SummerSlam 2011. And then Kevin Nash just happened to get a text after CM Punk pinned John Cena with John Cena's foot on the ropes due to Triple H not being able to see that, being the special guest referee. Yes, this is a whole bunch of clusterfuck. <laughs> just excited this shit. But Kevin Nash got the text. He powerbombed CM Punk. Uh, Alberto El Patron comes out and gives him an insecurity and wins the World Heavyweight Championship. Yes, he won the World Heavyweight type title with the insecurity. The less said, moving on. Coming Wait. in at number 17. The, the, how do you see us? Is JJ on your right or your left? He's on my left. He's on your left, so I point this way. Yes. <laughs> do that again, JJ. Do your, do... Coming in at number Perfect. 17. Thank you. Jack Swagger. He won the Money in the Bank briefcase at WrestleMania 26 and then decided to cash in two days later on the SmackDown after WrestleMania 26. Uh, after Edge attacked Chris Jericho, Jack Swagger cashed in Money in the Bank and then had a very uneventful title reign with the Eagle. I, was about to say, I never really liked his title reign, but go ahead, carry on. The, the biggest highlight of his title reign was Chavo Guerrero dressed up as an Eagle. Anyway. Coming in at number 16, we have Kane. Kane was the first ever superstar to win the Money in the Bank briefcase and cash in on the same night, cashing in on Rey Mysterio, who just defeated Jack Swagger, one of our previous. That's probably the closest that two Money in the Bank cash-ins came together. Swagger cashed in the, the SmackDown after WrestleMania 26, and then a few months later, Kane won the Money in the Bank and then cashed in on the same night. Uh, this was all a part of The Undertaker was vegetating uh storyline we'll have a true hill heat episode about that very soon uh coming in at number 15 this was very high on chrissy's list and that's where it lands in this spot it is the last money in the bank winner brock lesnar <laughs> in at number 15, Brock Lesnar won the Money in the Bank briefcase at Money in the Bank 2019. He wasn't even in the match. He showed up at the end and won the briefcase. And then the next... Yo, 
the worst money in the bank finish ever. This is true. You're right. And then Yo, how you win a match without breaking a sweat? That's the whole point of it being exciting. I didn't get it at the That's time. So exciting. However, I'm just letting you know. That after re-watching it back, I was like, yo, that's genius right there. Yo, that's 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 that's, that's, that's amazing. Now I, I I'm not gonna lie to you, I was mad when it first happened. I'm not gonna lie. You you remember the episode we had? It was there. Now, going back and looking at it over, I was like, yo, that's yo, that yo, whoever did that, just like the Royal Rumble. Jeez. You just trying to make you just trying to keep Vince's penis hard, isn't you? No, not really. That was Vince all the way. That shit <laughs> had nothing to do with Bruce Pritchett or Paul Heyman. That shit was Vince McMahon. Coming in at number a number a number uh, 14, we have The Miz. The Miz won the Money in the Bank briefcase back at Money in the Bank 2010. He uh this was a very good Money in the Bank uh ladder match at as well as the first at the first ever Money in the Bank pay-per-view. He then later cashed in in November, the Raw After Survivor Series 2010 as uh Wade Barrett and the Nexus attacked the the WWE champion at the time Randy Orton it was the Miz that came out, cashed in, and won the Money in the Bank briefcase. This is most uh, won the the WWE title, excuse me, and this is most remembered for the Miz girl in the crowd. One of the gr the greatest shots of a fan reacting to something in wrestling history. Coming in at number Didn't thirteen, say, that was the first suspenseful Money in the Bank cash in, though. Also, true. that was one of the first ones where you thought the Miz might. Might fuck this up. <laughs> and okay. he pulled it off, and then he pulled it off, which was good. You were hoping movement. that this reality star turned wrestler didn't mess it up. That's what it was. Infamous Miss Girl. Love it. Seems about right. Coming in at number, I think this is 13, uh, Carmella, the first ever winner of the first ever female uh, Money in the Bank ladder match. We won't talk about the first ever female Money in the Bank ladder match. The less well, said about that, the better. We will talk about the redo that they did on SmackDown where Carmella won the title. That was a pretty good, I would say a good matchup right there. And then Carmella held the Money in the Bank briefcase for the longest of any of our winners that we are discussing right here. And she cashed in on the SmackDown after WrestleMania 34, defeating Charlotte Flair after she was attacked by the debuting Iconics. This is right after Charlotte Flair defeated Asuka, ending her streak at WrestleMania 34. So that is why I had it a little bit lower than you guys did. Chrissy Love, and what is Mella? Money. Money. Mella is money. And she Mella. How many times? Two times. That's right. Two times. Coming in at number 12, we have another female Money in the Bank winner. It is Bailey. Bailey won last year at the 2019 Money in the Bank pay per view. A really good, I would say the best ever female Money in the Bank ladder match. I, I don't hold me to that, but I felt like I liked this one the most that Which Bailey one? won. Uh, the one that one Bailey won, yes. Last year, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Last year was my favorite of the female Money in the Bank ladder matches, and she cashed in on the same night after Charlotte Flair defeated uh, Becky Lynch to win the SmackDown Which Women's title. I hated title. it. I hated it all. It was a cop carbon copy. Hated it. Bailey cashed you know, you in. Remember how I was acting when we was in at the the bar that night? Are you kidding me? 
Bailey Cash. She's a Becky Two Belts lover. <laughs> she's a Becky Two Belts lover. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, really, really, friend. Really. Pretty much. I mean, I mean, no, that, I'm gonna look at you. Really. I'll let beat her. Sorry. 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 You know, sorry. Carry on, uh, whatever. I'm not come, even gonna get you. <laughs> Coming in at number 11, just out of the top 10, we have Edge's second, Money in the Bank Cashin. Edge defeated Mr. Kennedy after Mr. Kennedy suffered an injury that caused him to relinquish the Money in the Bank briefcase. Edge beat him on a Monday Night Raw in May of 2007. And then the following day, uh, well, a couple of days later when it aired on SmackDown, Edge cashed in Money in the Bank after The Undertaker had a brutal match with Batista inside of the steel cage and was brutally attacked by Mark Henry in that same steel cage. Edge came out, cashed in Money in the Bank. This is probably the most on-the-fly Money in the Bank plans. A lot of these other plans were kind of planned out months in advance, while this one was very much on-the-fly due to the Mr. Kenny injury, and that's why I feel like it's just out of the top 10, but this is a really good Money in the Bank cash-in, in my opinion. What was your uh, thoughts on this one, JJ? So the thing about Edge's cash-ins is that his cash-ins are fucking annoying. Is that you never understood, like, he always came at literally, like, the worst times of your favorite wrestler. Like, when The Undertaker was the champion and he just went through this grueling-ass match and then he gets jumped and beat down, it's like, all right, and we had the pay-per-view's over, this is going to be a segue to Raw, and you hear this fucker's music hit. Like, yo, come on, man. Like, yo, can my dude live? He's only had four title runs. But nah, it's over. It's a wrap. <laughs> this is a wrap. Which, crazy, ironically, ended up being The Undertaker's final championship run. Yeah. So, with, with that being, it was like, you know, it was like, fuck, it was so annoying. But the, the purpose of that catching was to get you that mad, which was fucking genius. And the ultimate opportunist, he took that name and he, like, that was that was Michael Cole's best call ever. Best call <laughs> that he had ever done in his 20-plus years because Edge actually took that name and monikered it on himself. Which was, which was you know, it just, it just worked. And it worked perfectly. So, yeah, I see why this is actually a little bit higher. This, this is a great one. This one was up there. This was like the start, start of what shit is getting good. The ultimate opportunist was born right here if it wasn't born with his first one, which we'll get to shortly. Now we're getting into the top 10. Coming in at number 10 is CM Punk's first Money in the Bank cash-in in 2008. He won the Money in the Bank briefcase back at, Money, at uh, WrestleMania 24. Very good fun Money in the Bank uh, briefcase matchup right there. Uh, he lit... He held it for a couple of months. He transferred and was drafted to Monday Night Raw. And then on the first Raw, after he was drafted, Edge, who came, who won, who uh, defeated Batista to successfully defend the World Heavyweight Title, while Triple H was drafted over to SmackDown, came out. Edge came out to brag that Monday Night Raw had no World Heavyweight Champion on the show anymore. 
If you haven't seen this segment, go back and watch this one. This is Edge at one of his best Hildum moments, shitting on Jim Ross, shitting on the fans. This is awesome Edge right here. And then the poetic justice of Batista coming out and attacking Edge and then CM Punk cashing in money in the bank to win his first ever World Heavyweight title. I remember popping for this so much. This is one of my favorite money in the bank cash-ins right here. What's your thoughts on this one, Miss Chrissy? Um... Just that feeling when you were watching, you was like, no, he's not going to do it. And he did it. And just when you heard his music, you was like, oh, my God, is this going to really happen? Just that feeling, that pop that you gave when you heard the music, and you was like, is he really going to cash in? And he and he can, and you cashed in and then you won, which was like, ama- like the pop was just like crazy. So that's just gives me goosebumps still, you know? Awesome raw moment right there. Coming in at number nine is Randall Keith Orton. Randy Christy, Orton. Bro, why, why are you like halfway off the camera? Am I halfway off the camera? I, I, I see her fine. What do you need I to see? see? I, I see, see mad blue couch. Well, okay. <laughs> I see. You want to see me closer? Is that what it is? I, like that? I see I see her in the middle of the blue couch. I don't see all blue couch. But right. I, now, she, now you need, yeah, now she's leaning a little bit to the left. But uh yes, coming in at number nine <laughs> is Randall Keith Orton. Randy Orton won the money in the bank yeah, briefcase you back. His whole in, government? Wow. Yes, Randall Keith Orton. If you don't say Randy Orton's name like that, you don't know Randy Orton. Um, so Randall Keith, Randall Keith Orton won in the 2013 Money in the Bank uh, pay-per-view, winning a star-studded all-champions-filled Money in the Bank briefcase matchup. Uh, he then went on to cash in the next month at SummerSlam 2013 as Daniel Bryan defeated John Cena in a classic matchup with Triple H as the special guest referee. After the matchup, Triple H decided to turn on Daniel Bryan, giving him the pedigree, and then Randy Orton coming in and cashing in and winning the title and thus the authority was born and thus the road to Wrestlemania 30 was paved. I had this as one of as one of my highest money in the bank cash in because in hindsight this one meant a whole lot to the whole big story of WWE but you had this a little bit lower than me and Chrissy love top guy JJ so what's your thoughts on this one? Absolutely fucking hated it. I couldn't stand this. I couldn't stand the execution of it. I know it meant the story of the underdog Daniel Bryan, which we got obviously at Mania the payoff. The payoff, yes, it made sense, but I don't like the way it was done. So I, I, I was like, this shit. Yeah, I watched it. I was flat when I watched it. I was flat <laughs> when I watched it. I looked at this and was like, this could have been done so much better. Like I, I just did not. I didn't feel the execution of it. Randy Orton did absolutely not a goddamn thing except crawl on a man and pin him. I was like, eh. Aw, don't, don't be yeah. like that, JJ. That's not, that's not nice, friend. That's, that's how I felt to a, that was how I felt to a cash-in, shit. I mean, okay, friend. Oh, it's... And only to a cash-in. It's not to life. Jesus. It's the storyline. <laughs> it's the, One the, the cash It's all about the story. 
We got it. We got it, Chrissy. That's all that matters. Coming in at number eight is CM Punk. Once again, his second Money in the Bank cash-in is a little bit higher than his first. His second Money in the Bank cash-in, uh, he won the briefcase back at WrestleMania 25 in the opener. One of our top ten WrestleMania openers. If you haven't seen that video, check that out in the archive section. Uh, CM Punk won that Money in the Bank uh, briefcase matchup and then held the briefcase for the next couple of months. He was drafted to SmackDown, and then he cashed in at Extreme Rules 2009 as Jeff Hardy defeated Edge in a great ladder match. It was CM Punk that came out. This is probably my favorite of the Money in the Bank cash-in matches. This is probably my favorite. This is probably my favorite. This is probably my top 10 one-minute matches in WWE history. This one had so much excitement to it. CM Punk comes out. He gives Jeff Hardy a go-to-sleep. No one had ever kicked out of the go-to-sleep up until this point. Jeff Hardy, after a 25-minute ladder match, kicks out of the go-to-sleep. I don't remember popping so hard for Jeff Hardy on a kickout ever before like I did for this one. This just caught, gave the, the ex excitement of the whole situation a little bit higher. Then Punk nails him with another go-to-sleep. Gets the big... Oh, no. Actually, Jeff Hardy gets a near fall, gets rolls him up for a small package, gets a near fall, and then Punk hits a second go-to-sleep for the win. This one, I really, really enjoy. CM Punk probably... Probably has two of the better uh, cash-ins. Both made it in the top ten right here. Chrissy Love, what's your thoughts on this one? Um, Just another, like, oh, my God feeling when they came out. You heard that music and you had to pop. Um, just, just the feeling if it's going to go through or it's going to be a failure. You know, things like that is what I, I felt when I, I, when I saw this one happen. Well, I will, I will ask you once again, what's your thoughts on our next one? Because you had this as your number two money in the bank cash in in history. Number two. Coming in at number seven on our ranking is Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss. This is so disrespectful. What the hell? Wow. JJ. No, she's in history. We have it at number seven in our overall collective ranking, but on Miss Chrissy Love's individual ranking, it was number. Yeah, you you got this one, boo. I want to hear this shit. Let me explain first. She won one of the better female Money in the Bank ladder matches at at Money in the Bank 2018, and then she got involved in one of the better. Women's matches in the last uh, couple of years here as Ronda Rousey went one-on-one -on -one with Nia Jax for the Raw Women's title. Probably Nia Jax's best match of, of her entire career. Alexa Bliss came out and interfered and looked like a world beater. She beat the hell out of Ronda with the briefcase. She beat the hell out of Nia with the briefcase. And then the five foot two Alexa Bliss beat Nia Jax for the Raw Women's title. I say this is the best female Money in the Bank cash by far, by far, this made Alexa look like a world beater. She uh, won the briefcase and cashed it in in the same night. She set up her, her summer-long feud with Ronda Rousey. This one is my favorite of all the female Money in the Bay uh, cash-ins. But Miss Chrissy Love, why do you have it at number two? You you said it. You said all of it. It's it's number two because the it was the second winner of the women's 
Money in the Bank. She did the Money in the Bank match justice. Remember last, the, the year before was a shit show. So she had to redeem herself. I, at first, I didn't like that she won and did it at the same time in the same evening. I was upset. If you remember seeing me in the bar, I was like so pissed off. But going back and I'm like, okay, makes sense. You had a great match. Why not get Naya at her lowest and get her and win? And that's what she did. And that's why I rank it as my number two. I had to put a, 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 I had my top, top one. And then I was like, no, she has to go number two. She has to. It's only, it's only fair. She's repping for the ladies here. You know She's what? repping you know for what? the ladies. You know what? No matter how disrespectful that ranking is, you, 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 you doing it for, you doing it for your soldiers. You doing it for your ladies. I got you. I got you. I got you. But that ranking is disrespectful. You can't put those in the same sentence, friend. Number two. Listen, I had okay, my, well, my ranking with my those briefcase shots that she was delivering. Those little, those little tablet book hits that she was giving. She's only four foot five. Like, come on. Yo, she four was five, tapping up uh, coming in at number six. Number six, we have Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan won the Money in the Bank briefcase at Money in the Bank 2011. He won the opener. Uh, very, very good Money in the Bank uh, matchup. He planned and announced that he would cash in Money in the Bank at WrestleMania and then later decided no. As uh, Big Show versus versed, uh, Mark Henry at TLC 2011, um, Brian had been in a long-term feud with Mark Henry. Big Show had been his savior, saving him a couple of times against Mark Henry. But then the Big Show defeated Mark Henry at TLC 2011. And with Big Show down after attack from Mark Henry, Daniel Bryan decided, no, I'm not waiting to WrestleMania. I'm going to win the World Heavyweight title right here, right now. Pins the Big Show and did a very infamous celebration as he said, yes, 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 yes. And if you want to say WrestleMania 28 or TLC 2011, it was the start of the yes movement right here. And that's why it is so high on our raking top guy. JJ, what's your thoughts on this one? The birth of the yes movement, as it, that was the birth of it. I mean, the 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 what happened was really like, yeah. I would have, you know, the what took place and what happened with Big Show just basically a dead body. <laughs> Big, Show <was> basically, <laughs> Big Show was basically a dead body, and Daniel just crawled on him. But what what this one I meant that like, this is what you you've seen a symbol of something happening like achievement that just grew over time to one of the biggest movements in wrestling history so seeing that and then of course wanting to see this man win a fucking world title finally like it was like it shit is he he was going through that stage as well as not not winning these big championships in his company. He 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 was in there for a while. He was a rookie from NXT. He he got his first crack at it, and then all of a sudden, now he's he's the man. He's the man, and he took it from the biggest motherfucker in the company. So it's like it didn't make sense, but it made sense. Yeah, 
I really like this money in the bank cash in. I had the Orton one a little bit higher that also involved uh, Daniel Bryan. I kind of put those very close to each other because I feel like those kind of go one and two together. But coming in at number five, our top five right now, we got from 2016, Dean Ambrose, the art, the the artist formerly known as Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, uh, as he won the Money in the Bank briefcase in one of the best, in my opinion, Money in the Bank ladder matches in history. Go back and look at this lineup. This has one of the best lineups of any Money in the Bank. You had Zayn Owens. You had you had Alberto El Patron. You had you had Ambrose in this match. You had yeah, this one Chris Jericho is in this matchup. Like this one had a whole bunch of stars in one big matchup. Dean Ambrose got the victory, winning this match, and then later in the night, history was made. Roman Reigns went into the matchup as WWE champion going one-on-one with a returning Seth Rollins who returned from a very serious injury being out for eight months. Seth Rollins won the matchup in a very good main event. And then moments later, Dean Ambrose music hit. He attacked Seth Rollins from behind with the Money in the Bank briefcase and then laid him out with Dirty D's to win his first ever WWE Championship in his hometown of Las Vegas, Nevada. All three members of the Shield held the WWE title in one night. Miss Chrissy Love, what's your thoughts on this one? Just the excitement of all three members of this faction just having that belt all at once and then this person that you didn't really think was going to win just comes out and then just like gives a good a big you know like to you and go from there and wins that's what i got from it i lo- i love this one this one is one of my favorites i believe top guy jj was at my house for this pay-per-view i was gonna share the story <laughs> for this one this was literally one of the funnest nights that we've ever had watching a pay-per-view because one, I you know, not to take credit, I kind of predicted this one too. Um, because it was it was literally because it was going up against game seven of the NBA finals with the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors. LeBron James layup block. So it was like WWE needed to do something pretty fucking dramatic. So they have no viewers <laughs> because they had nobody watching this pay-per-view at all. Because it was Seth Rollins' return. He was a big deal at the time. He made a big comeback, but it landed at the wrong time. It landed at landed mm. the finals. So the WWE needed to do something pretty fucking dramatic. So make it like, yo, Dean Ambrose is catching it tonight. And Lord and behold. It was a fun ass paper, by the way. It was a fun paper. Yeah, I was gonna about to say that. I was like, outside of Money in the Bank 2011, I would say Money in the Bank 2016 is the second best Money in the Bank pay per view ever. Because you yeah. had that, you had the ladder match, you had the main event with Rollins and Roman and the cash in, and you also had John Cena versus AJ Styles for the first time John ever. Cena so AJ Styles, which was fucking awesome. That was a great first match too. So this one, this one was a very fun pay-per-view. But moving on to another very fun pay-per-view and probably the most raucous crowd to ever witness a Money in the Bank cash-in coming in at number four is Rob Van Dam. The RVD 420, uh, he won the Money in the Bank briefcase at WrestleMania 22 in 2006 and decided to to be the first ever Money in the Bank winner to do the honorable thing and announce his cash-in ahead of time. But there's a caveat here. He challenged John Cena to a match at the ECW 
uh, one night stand 2006 event in the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. This was one year after one night stand 2005 in the same building where John Cena wasn't on the show, but you can watch the show, go back and watch it, and there's a five minute segment where the fans are just saying, Cena sucks. The most a wrestler has ever gotten. The most heat? The most heat any wrestler has ever gotten. And this is the closest that we ever got to a heel John Cena. John Cena's performance in this match is an all-time classic of his illustrious career. He went in and acted like a baby face. He worked like a baby, uh, no, worked like a heel throughout this whole entire match. His mannerisms during the matchup to the crowd were great. They were on point. But this was all about RVD finally winning the big one, getting the victory as Paul Heyman counted the one, two, three after the five star fall splash and an interference from uh, John Cena's arch nemesis, Edge. RVD became the WWE champion. This is most famous for the infamous sign in the crowd that said, If Cena wins, we riot. riot. Oh my God! Uh, this this one here, I seen. This was my one of my first shows that I've seen live. I got to see ECW One Night Stand 2015, but seeing the atmosphere of this place when this event occurred, it, it, it this was not an ECW arena. Like it, it wasn't. This was we all hate John Cena building. This was one of those like. And the, the the way John Cena gave into the crowd too came out as the badass, holding the title up, head down, walking through, not looking at no one. He acknowledged nobody. Then he throws his hat in the fucking crowd. Throws his hat in the crowd. They throw it back. They don't want his clothes. They don't want his memorabilia. They don't want shit to do with him. And then to fucking get that atmosphere and to have Rob Van Dam there and Edge finishing the job off. That was one of the most memorable nights of my wrestling life. That crowd, oh my god. If you haven't seen that, that is one thing that you need to do some justice for and take a look at. One of the best crowds to ever see a WWE title match, period. Coming in at number three, we have Dolph Ziggler, the artist formerly known as Nick Nemes, Nicky! Dolph Ziggler won the Money in the Bank briefcase back at Money in the Bank 2012, winning the SmackDown briefcase. He went on to tease his cash-in many of times against World Heavyweight Champion Sheamus. Along the way, he got into a beautiful, uh, a nice uh, little rivalry with John Cena over AJ Lee. He defeated John Cena in a ladder match back at TL C 2012 and then the night after Raw after Wrestlemania 29 where Alberto El Patron Alberto Del Rio defeated Jack Swagger at Wrestlemania and then defeated Swagger and Coulter in a handicap match on the Raw after Wrestlemania 29 the music hit and one of the biggest pops of all time as Dolph Ziggler came down to the ring with Big E Langston, AJ Lee and the Money in the Bank briefcase one of the best, this is probably the best Money in the Bank cash in match Outside of our number one. Outside of our number one, this is the best Money in the Bank cash-in matchup ever. Uh, 
before we get to Chrissy, I'll talk to Chrissy for our number two. Top Guy JJ, you were here live for our number three. Dolph Ziggler cash-in. Tell them how it was for you. You you have seen a lot of Money in the Bank cash-ins live, sir. The fun, the fun, the, 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 hands down, the funnest wrestling night of my life. Like, that wow. was the funnest night of my entire life. That episode of Raw, I don't care. The episode wasn't that, but the, the, the audience at the Isaac Center with the Fandango takeover and the crowd dying for this Ziggler cash-in. We, the whole arena wanted Ziggler. And then that pop, that pop, when that man's music hit, I thought my ears were going to fucking pop off. That <laughs> shit was like, yo, it felt like the world was rooting for Dolph Ziggler that night. And that shit felt so special. Because it was like nothing else can gravitate our minds because we were all in Fandango craze. If anybody was in that building, anybody remembers this craze that everybody was on. Interrupting matches, doing waves and shit. But when his music hit, wrestling came back. And his cash-in, like you said, the best match because it was very suspenseful because it looked like there was a chance that Dolph Ziggler was going to lose when he got popped with that insecurity from fucking Del Rio. And then he got put in that he got put in the, the armbar hold, which is his signature move. And then Ziggler shakes his ankle. When he shook the ankles, like, yo, this was storytelling at its wrestling finest. And then he capped it off with the championship win. That crowd, like that crowd was fucking amazing that night. Literally probably the funnest night I've been a part of. Probably it's between Edge and Dolph for the biggest crowd reactions to a Money in the Bank cash-in. So very appropriate that both land in our top five. Coming in at number two is our first, our first ever Money in the Bank cash-in as Edge. Cashed in Money in the Bank at New Year's Revolution 2006. He won the Money in the Bank briefcase at WrestleMania 21 in 2005. By far, we put this poll up on the True Hills group page. What did you guys want us to rank? The cash-ins or the mashes? And I will say here, right now, the number one greatest Money in the Bank ladder match of all time is the first one. The first one at WrestleMania 29 is the best. Shelton Benjamin shows out. Chris Benoit shows out. Chris Jericho, Christian, Kane, and as well as the winner, Edge. He won the Money in the Bank briefcase, went on later that summer to have his infamous feud with Matt Hardy involving Lita. He became one of the biggest villains in all of the WWE. And at New Year's Revolution, John Cena defeated five under individuals in a Hell in a Cell bloody and battered this man came out and said the night is not over he said that we have one more matchup and that someone is cashing in their opportunity edge handed the briefcase to Vince McMahon. edge Vince McMahon said go out there and do it and edge did it he had one of the best one minute matches in wwe history as <laughs> Cena kicked out of us of one spear then got hit with a second for the one two three as edge won his first ever wwe title Miss Chrissy Love, what are your thoughts on the first Money in the Bank cash-in and the impact that it had ever since? It's 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 the one where Vince came out and like let us know that this was going to happen. Um, it's the one that you like, no, is he really gonna do this now? Like, like he just had this whole match and like he's all like he's he, you you can already see that he's not prepared for this, and now you're gonna let him now win like. Why? <laughs> like, what are you doing? 
but yet it was so good and everyone was like the pop was like there and he had Lita at his side it was it was it it made me hate Edge. <laughs> that was the goal. That was the goal. That was it. That was the goal. And then after 22 that we've just ranked from worst to best, number one is, of course, the biggest money in the bank cashing in history. The number one one. All of us Unanimous. had it at number one. Unanimous. Number one. Everything else was kind of, we had it at different places, but we all had this as number one. Seth Rollins cashes in money in the bank at WrestleMania 31 in the main event. Seth Rollins won the money in the bank cash in one month after he betrayed his fellow members of the shield. He was already involved in the hottest storyline in WWE. He won the money in the bank briefcase in a great money in the bank ladder matchup. Uh, This involved Kofi Kingston, Dean Ambrose. This was really centered around the feud between Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins won. He He went on to have his long feud with Dean Ambrose, have many other great matches, including his triple threat match with Brock Lesnar and John Cena at WrestleMania 2015. He lost earlier in the night at WrestleMania 31 in a very good matchup against Randy Orton, including the greatest RKO in history. Everyone thought Seth Rollins was dead after that, and then at the end of the night, as Roman Reigns went one-on-one with Brock Lesnar in a matchup where... The fans wanted neither man to win that match, uh, even though Brock Lesnar had just re-signed with WWE. They did not want the heel to win. Uh, the fans did not want Roman Reigns to win because he was the hand-picked person of the WWE. So the fans were vehemently against that. Just watch Royal Rumble 2015 for proof of that. And Seth Rollins was their get-out-of-the-corner free card. Their get-out-of-jail-free card as Seth Rollins cashed in money in the bank, uh, curb-stomped Roman Reigns, and won the WWE title to a great, a tremendous pop at WrestleMania 30. I will ask both of you guys, what are your thoughts when you hear Seth Rollins' Money in the Bank cash-in and that moment at WrestleMania? Um, For for me, uh, I think this is the best Seth Rollins we've ever had. Um, I, I think him running down and after losing his previous match, running down that long, long ramp, and everyone was just like, no way. Is he really gonna like do this now? Like, of course, no one didn't really care about that 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 ending match. But no, however- I, I I I will disagree with you right there. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'll disagree with you one hundred percent there. That is one of the greatest WrestleMania main events, even before the cash in, because everyone like you like I I will say I will say going in, no one wanted to see that match. But when it happened, the beating that Roman Reigns took was one of the most entertaining one-sided main events I have ever seen in the history of professional wrestling. Yo, Brock Lesnar took it to UFC on Roman Reigns on that match. (laughs) He's bleeding from the mouth. Like, he took legit shots in that matchup. Facts. Hey. It is what it is. However, the ending of how the whole show ended, and then you see Seth Rollins coming out, giving his his um, briefcase, and then winning, and you just see him with the belt at the at the top of the ramp. It's epic. I'm. It's it's just epic. Overall, it's like, nah, he didn't just win that. Like they just had this big big old match, and like he comes out and he cashes in and he wins. Like 
No. Great. Give me goosebumps still. Love it. Best best cashing ever. Yeah, I would, I would say a combination of all of it, a combination of, of, of the match, the timing of when it happened, the commentary of Michael Cole and JBL were spot on. That was the best they have ever done in calling a surprise moment in the moment. Like, I would not have rather heard two other voices just in that one moment than those two. Because they sounded perplexed. What was the? They sounded so perplexed on what was happening. Like they like didn't they, even know. They, they blended it in so perfect because they were so shocked, and they they just they they did it justice with the heist of the century call. Like literally his best work. Like I just he's done a lot of shit, but when I see his best, like his best, that was his best work right there. Like that yes. that go together. And then him obviously ending the night, swinging that motherfucking title around his head. And it was just like, yo, this, this, this shit right here, you couldn't even book this shit. And they did it perfect. Yeah, you, you couldn't even book this finish. Like, you you would sit there in a room and you would think this shit up and you couldn't even just win it. Because this didn't happen at the end of a match. No fall was decided. This happened during the match. Yep, yep, <laughs> this yep. happened during the match. And he inserted himself and made it a triple threat match. Like, yep. it, all the elements was so perfect. And all you hear when his music hits, or you hear, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Like, it was like, what the fuck is happening right? This is at WrestleMania. Like, are you serious? Like, you're about to inject yourself into a main event at WrestleMania because you got a briefcase? Yes, the fuck I am. And, and, and then it led to literally, and this is one of the most, to me, underrated championship runs ever. Because yeah. the match, Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins the dog him and had put on some pretty damn good matches to WWE standards. Stop. Get out of your and get out of your New Japan bubble for a quick second to stop thinking. No, I'm not. It's not even about that. The dude went eight and eleven as WWE champion. He lost more matches than he won as WWE champion. He had. I will give you. I will give you. He had two. He had two. He had two really good matches against Dean Ambrose at Elimination Chamber 2015 and Money in the Bank 2015. He had a very good matchup against John Cena at SummerSlam 2015. But those matches were not great enough. They were not great enough. They were not great enough to counterbalance that he was the booked as the worst WWE champion. That's of the not last what we're talking about, though, friend. We're talking about the, the cash-ins. No, but, but no, no, no. He mentioned the title run. That's why I said oh, I, have to, I, have to dis- I have to disagree with that. The title run was not good. Okay. Cash it was epic. Title run, I like. I liked it. But hey, you know, back to differ. But listen, number one is number one. That was across all of our minds. Just the moment itself. Like, ugh, ugh, love it. Yep. We are all in agreement there. So that is our money in the bank cash in ranking. So I will run it off very quickly for you right now. Starting at the bottom, our worst one was Damian Sato. Baron Corbin was next. John Cena after that. Braun Strowman, Sheamus, Alberto Del Rio, Jack Swagger, Kane, Brock Lesnar, The Miz, Carmella, Bailey, 
Edge's second Money in the Bank cash-in, Punk's first Money in the Bank cash-in, Randy Orton, CM Punk's second Money in the Bank cash-in, Alexa Bliss, Danny O'Brien, the artist formerly known as Dean Ambrose, RVD, Dolph Ziggler, Edge's first Money in the Bank cash-in, and Seth Rollins is the greatest Money in the Bank cash-in in history. So... We are going to close out this episode of True Hill Heat. A couple of lugs for our lineup for the YouTube channel. True Hill Heat 71, our last episode, where we predict where every WWE release will land next. Check that out. That's in the archive section. Our latest Dark Side of the Ring review on David Schultz and the Slap Herd Around the World is up on our YouTube channel right now. Our lost episodes of Next XT. For the 8th, the 15th, and the 22nd of April are all up on our YouTube channel right now. And you'll have this week's episode this weekend coming up on the YouTube channel. And our latest reviews for eight, uh, All Elite Recap, Dark Power, Going Raw with Junk Guy JJ, starring Romeo, will drop this weekend. And our new series coming soon, True We Rhyme, Monday Night War. Yes, we'll, they'll talk about it a little bit more when Junk Guy JJ and Romeo connect for Going Raw. Miss Chrissy Love, Top Guy JJ, where can they find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on social media at uh, Twitter, IG, and Facebook, The Sensation Miss Chrissy Love, or Miss Chrissy Love underscore. That is me. That is me. Sign up, subscribe, and like me. Hello. <laughs> so kind. And I, for me, Instagram, I'm True Hill underscore Top Guy JJ. Facebook, I'm simply Justin Johnson. And yeah, hope to see you fucker soon. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna get this. Is gonna put me to sleep. This is gonna put me to sleep. Tag the rock, bitches. This is that Terry Mana Tequila. And don't worry, he will be drinking that on the next edition of True Hill Heat. True Hill Heat 73 as we preview the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. And we're gonna be having our special guest host, the Negro Buck, Nick Jackson. If you haven't already, you can follow us on all social media at True Hill Heat. That's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Sorry. <laughs> you could also, also follow the True Hills group page on Facebook as well. And, of course, if you enjoyed this video, push the like button, push the subscribe button, and push the bell to stay notified for all the great content right here on True Hill Heat. And if you don't want to look at us uh, speaking about wrestling listen to us on anchor on itunes on spotify on soundcloud we are available wherever you can listen to your great podcast material so for the principal of all the true hills miss chrissy love for our resident true hill alcoholic top guy jj it is me it is me your true hill phenom sp3 we are signing off for true hill heat 72 until next time